Good day, everyone, and welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm really glad that you have joined us. This year's presidential election is going to be a challenge for every single local and state elections official, and that is probably an understatement. The pandemic and expanded ballot access both mean more people are going to be taking advantage of absentee voting than ever before here in Michigan. And that requires infrastructure changes, it requires unique preparation, and it requires more resources. But some cities in Michigan are better positioned than others to meet these challenges. Here in Detroit, elections never really run especially smoothly, even when the world is feeling relatively normal. And a lot of election watchers are really worried, to say the least, that the city won't be able to adapt to these changes and to make sure that people can cast their ballots and that those ballots get counted. We reached out to Detroit City Clerk Janice Janice Winfrey to talk about this issue, and her office did not respond to our multiple invitations to join the show today. We are hopeful that she will join us before the November elections to talk about this. There is also some news on this front this morning. Uh, The city and the state uh, have announced that they are going to jointly oversee the November election after the outcry after the August primary, we are also trying to get uh, Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson to join us today, uh, perhaps to talk about that. But first, let's talk about what the preparations look like here in Detroit and how prepared the city will be when we get to November. And joining us for that conversation is Clara Hendrickson. She is a Report for America Corps member with the Detroit Free Press and PolitiFact, and she's been covering Detroit's preparations for the November election. Clara Hendrickson, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks for having me. So let's start with this. How is the city doing overall in terms of preparing for the election? Right. So like most election jurisdictions in the state, Detroit had to manage a surge in absentee ballots in the August primary. Roughly 66 percent of Detroit voters cast an absentee ballot rather than an in-person ballot. And what I found in my own reporting through conversations with clerks and voting advocates is that Detroit did not take the same steps as other jurisdictions to build out its absentee voting infrastructure. The city is still using outdated envelopes to mail absentee ballots, and the city only had two absentee ballot drop boxes in the August primary, a number advocates say was... I think we have lost Clara Hendrickson on the line there. We're going to try to get her back. Uh, on a new line that uh, we can hear a little better on. Meantime, uh, let's get the phones going here. Call and tell us how confident you are that your local elections officials are going to be able to pull off this year's elections with absentee voting expected to be the highest ever here in Michigan. Are you anxious that your vote will not count when you cast it this November? How are you planning to vote? Are you going to go in person? Are you going to vote absentee, which you can do at your city clerk's office? Uh, Or are you going to mail in a ballot? We especially want to hear from you if you are a voter here in the city of Detroit. Do you think the city is prepared 
for November's election? And how would you feel about more oversight from the state or even some intervention on the state's part to make sure that things go okay? Again, the news this morning suggests that there is going to be a pretty close partnership between state officials and city officials when it comes to managing the elections the, in November. Uh, we, we don't know exactly what the dimensions of that look like yet. We're trying to get Jocelyn Benson, Michigan Secretary of State, to join us at least briefly this morning to talk about it. If she can't do that, she'll be on the show soon to talk about it. But meantime, again, give us a call and let us know what you think about the prospect of this year's elections. 313-577-1019 is always the number here on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today and we'll work into the conversation. We especially also want to hear from you if you're one of the people who voted absentee in the August 8th primary. How did that go? And were you confident that your vote got to where it was supposed to get and that it was counted? Uh, and if you did vote absentee in August, tell us you're going to do it again in November. Uh, we do have Clara Hendrickson back with us on the line. Clara, you were, you were talking about how prepared we are in the city for November. Right. Yeah. Right. I'm not sure where I cut out, but the main issues that were identified in the August primary include the fact that Detroit is using out- outdated envelopes to mail absentee ballots and that the city only had two absentee ballot drop boxes, a number of advocates say was totally inadequate. And finally, the vast majority of Detroit precincts reported unexplained errors with processing absentee ballots in the primary. And I think it's important to remember that while the coronavirus pandemic has certainly increased the demand for absentee voting, there was always going to be a surge in requests for absent voter ballots after Michigan voters voted in 2019 to amend the state's constitution to allow voters to vote absentee for any reason. So Detroit has really now had multiple opportunities to prepare for the onslaught that it will see in November, and it already saw in the August primary. And so what's the reason that this hasn't happened? I mean, what's the explanation for not using these redesigned absentee ballot envelopes that will make it easier for the post office to identify and swiftly process them? Right. So Winfrey's office said that she didn't want to use the new ballots in November because she did not want to confuse postal workers or voters with the change. But I never got any clarity as to why she didn't decide to use them earlier. Most jurisdictions in the state have been using them since 2019. And I should note that the state did provide funding for clerks to purchase the new envelopes ahead of the August primary and is doing so again ahead of the November election. Mm. So what about measures that are meant to help process the expected wave of absentee ballots in the city? Is the city doing things to make sure it's prepared for that? Right. So Detroit, like every jurisdiction in the state, is challenged by the fact that they can't even begin to process absentee ballots until Election Day. And that creates challenges because it's a little bit more labor intensive to process an absentee ballot than it is an in-person ballot. But the Wayne County Board of Canvassers, when it was certifying Detroit's election results, found a number of problems in Detroit. The board found that 72% of the city's precincts had unexplained errors where the number of ballots that were counted did not match the number that was recorded in the precinct's poll book. So 
what's supposed to happen is that when a voter votes absentee and their absentee ballot gets returned to the clerk's office, the voter's file is supposed to be updated to reflect that the clerk's office has received the absentee ballot. And that was not happening consistently in Detroit. So that when election workers gathered at TCF Center on Election Day to begin processing the absentee ballots, they were working off a precinct poll book that may have misreported the number of absentee ballots cast in the precinct. And that basically gets you started off on the wrong foot when you're trying to get an accurate count of absentee ballots and what comes out of the tabulation machine should reflect what was recorded in the poll book as the number of ballots that were cast by absentee. Mm. Uh, We know that last week the state board of canvassers had a really long and tense debate about whether to certify Detroit's primary results without some guarantees in place to make sure that things go better in November. Talk about that meeting and talk about what was decided. Right. So when the Michigan Board of State Canvassers certified the August primary election results last week, they passed a measure asking the Secretary of State to supervise Detroit's election in November if certain changes aren't made. But there was a lot of ambiguity in the measure. The board didn't specify what specific steps it's asking Detroit to take to prevent a state takeover. And it's not even clear that the board has the authority to ask the state to intervene in Detroit's election. But as you mentioned at the top of the show this morning, the Office of the Secretary of State just issued a press release this morning announcing that Michigan Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson will be partnering with Detroit City Clerk Janice Winfrey to ensure that November November's election runs smoothly in Detroit. And we don't know exactly what that means. But, you know, one of the things that's always true here in the city of Detroit is this sort of skepticism of the idea of state intervention into city matters or state takeovers, which is something that's that's happened with some of our important institutions uh, in the in the past. Uh, do, we, do we have any idea what kinds of aid or assistance that Jocelyn Benson will be able to give to City Clerk Winfrey in order to make this this work? Right. So there isn't a ton of information on the partnership yet. We do know that it will include opening 14 additional satellite clerk offices. So there's going to be a total of satellite 21 satellite centers across the city, and voters can register to vote here. They can request and return absentee ballots. The city is also going to be installing 30 ballot drop boxes through the partnership, as well as recruiting and training at least 6,000 election workers. What we don't know, however, is how much this partnership is going to cost and who's going to be funding the partnership. Is it coming from the city of Detroit, from the state? And so there's a lot of uncertainty about the funding structure here. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Call and tell us about your plans for November, how you plan to vote. Are you going to go in person? Are you going to vote absentee? Are you going to do a mail-in ballot? Also, tell us what you did in the August 8th primary and how that went. Uh, did you mail in your ballot and do you have confidence that it got to where it was supposed to go and was counted Are you somebody who experienced real problems with uh, mail-in voting or absentee voting uh, in August and don't have a whole lot of confidence that uh, your vote was cast and counted 
the way it should be. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Let's go to Kate in Livonia. Kate, welcome to the show. Hello. <clears throat> How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Um, I just want to say I have... Um I have worked as a as an as an election worker in Detroit and in uh Livonia in this past uh August and also in March um um I worked as well and um what I did what I did in August was I was one of the adjudicators for the absentee ballots that came in. I worked all night 24 hours processing these things in in Livonia and um our clerk here in Livonia has has done a good job in terms of getting things out and mm. and you know and taking th- things back in. So I I don't have any doubt that there that that people's votes um, will be counted once the clerk gets them. Mm-hmm. Um, I am telling people that I know you know if they're going to mail back their ballot to do it by by by. Uh, like, like two weeks ahead of the uh, November third date, which would be October twentieth. Yeah. Um, but our clerk is our clerk mailed out twenty eight thousand in for the August one. She got about twenty three thousand back, and she's expecting to mail out forty thousand. Wow! Wow! I yeah. mean, that's a, the the numbers are one of the the kind of overwhelming dynamics at, at play here. Um, uh, Clara Hendrickson. That's an interesting. Livonia is an interesting example because you know it's a it's a pretty sizable suburb. It's not a small city, but it's also not the size of uh, the city of Detroit. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we always talk about, though, with regard to elections and elections officials, is is the resources that they have. I mean, uh, there 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 are constantly shortfalls. It seems in the city of Detroit in terms of money that we need to be able to update equipment and and make sure things run smoothly. I suspect that in places like Livonia, there are far fewer uh, problems like that. Uh, Talk about Mm -hmm. the disparities that exist uh, among cities in terms of being able to 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 make sure that elections run smoothly. Right, right. So I think because of the pandemic, the the election is sort of uncertain because there's a lot of unknowns that clerks are having to navigate. And sometimes it's a little bit easier for clerks to navigate those unknowns if they have more resources. Mm-hmm. So in, in terms of things that are just outside of clerks control, you know, they can't force polling locations to volunteer their spaces. They can't force individuals who've served as election workers previously to do so again this year. And they certainly can't control what happens with the Postal Service. But there are definitely things that are within a clerk's control. And voters should expect the clerk's office to do everything within its power to avail itself of the options it has to support a smooth election. And what I found was that in the case of Detroit, the city hasn't taken advantage of county and state resources that are available to it to support absentee voting. The Wayne County um, Commission recently appropriated $100,000 in federal funding for jurisdictions to purchase absentee ballot drop boxes. This happened in July, and Detroit never requested funding from the county. The the city has also not asked for funding from the state to purchase ballot drop boxes, and it didn't use the money that was was available to it to purchase the new envelopes ahead of the August primary. Hmm. 
So uh, last question. As I said in the open, we reached out to Janice Winfrey and her office to try to get her to come and talk with us about this on the show. Uh, You have also had a hard time getting a lot of information from that office. What does it mean for voters and accountability when there's so little information available from the local official who's in charge of these things about about what they're up to? Right. I think I think it's unfortunate because oftentimes voters aren't necessarily going directly to the Department of Elections website to get their information on how they should vote. They're oftentimes looking to news organizations to provide that information. So I do see reporters as a fundamental part of the voting infrastructure here. And so the inability to get a hold of the clerk's office is regrettable. So many of the folks that I spoke to during the August primary who voted in person said that while they don't believe Trump's claims that mail-in voting is susceptible to fraud, they do have more confidence in in in-person voting. The clerk's office through voter education, and that includes involving reporters and getting the word out, can make people feel just as confident in absentee voting. Okay, Clara Hendrickson, a report for America Corps member with the Detroit Free Press and PolitiFact. Thank you very much for being here for this conversation. Thank you for having me. We're going to take a quick break here, and when we come back, we'll continue our conversation about November's elections and how prepared we are going to be for them here in the city of Detroit. We're going to talk with ACLU of Michigan voting rights strategist Sharon Delente, and we'll continue to hear from you as well. Billy in Detroit, Linda in Detroit, we'll get to your comments next. We'll got, we've got some uh, Facebook and Twitter comments we want to read as well. And if you want to join in the show, give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number. Tell us how you are preparing for November's elections and what you plan to do to make sure that your vote counts. Stay with us for more Detroit Today. Listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDT. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks very much for tuning in. Also, remember that if you love this show and you are listening to it right now and listen every day, but you're one of the people, the many people who have not become a member of WDET and made a donation, this is a great time to make it the first time. Local shows like Detroit Today are the most costly thing here at WDET, and it is an understatement to say that it has been a tough financial year for our organization. That is not uncommon. Lots of people are having real trouble because of the pandemic and the disruption to the economy. We've got a pretty big financial gap to fill by September 30th, and the way that we fill it is with your contributions. Your gift today takes us a step closer to raising the money we need to fill that gap and to keep shows like Detroit Today and Culture Shift and Essential Music, all of the local programming that you just love here at WDET on the air. So secure those programs with your gift now at WDET.org. 
We're talking today about the November elections, just really a few weeks away, eight or nine weeks left before we cast our ballots for the president of the United States and many other political offices. And we're talking about how ready we're going to be here in the city of Detroit and the state of Michigan for that election, given the disruptions of the pandemic, given the disruptions that are that we voted to have in our voting process two years ago when we really overhauled the way that we're able to vote here in the city of Detroit and the state of Michigan. We want to hear from you about how you voted on the August 8th primary. How that went? Were you somebody who took advantage of these new absentee rules? Were you someone who went to a polling place like I did uh, the the normal way and had to deal with the distancing and the, the different rules inside because of the pandemic? Um, are you somebody who dropped your ballot off at the clerk's office, which <clears throat> we've always been able to do uh, and more people are doing now because of the pandemic and the disruption to polling places? Uh, give us a call. Let us know what you're thinking about as you get closer to November and tell us how worried you are that your vote will get counted if you cast it through the mail, for instance. Uh, are you really certain that that will matter? As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there. We'll go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll try to work those comments into the conversation as well. And joining us now to talk more about preparations for November's elections is Sharon Delente. She is the ACLU of Michigan's voting rights strategist. Sharon, welcome back to Detroit Today. Hi, Stephen. Thanks for having me this morning. Yes, great to have you with us. So what's your read on how prepared Detroit is for the November elections, given all of the craziness that has gone on this year? Are we going to pull this off? So the ACLU of Michigan, right, our focus is not just in Detroit, but statewide. So let me answer it uh, both in the in the statewide context and I think in the Detroit context. Um, as you know, I'm a Detroiter. Um, I've been a voting rights advocate since about 2004. And my role at the ACLU and, and personally is to ensure that every voter can make their voice heard. Um, and there's, you know, on every election day, there are challenges. There are voters who have questions. There are um, poll workers who may be giving, uh, you know, the wrong rule. And so that's disheartening to me. But I think in this year, we really do need to ask how are things going at a little bit of a higher level. Mm-hmm. Um, I will continue to stay focused on the voter-by-voter issues. But I think if we look at the at a higher level, um, we have to look at the results of the August primary and say that it was a success mm-hmm. by and large. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't mean that there weren't issues, and, and I'm sure we'll talk about them. But when you look at the things that you listed that, that we are implementing or confronting this year, a, 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 not a brand new set of voting rules. We've had a couple elections under our belt. Uh, August was the second statewide election with this extraordinary set of new voter registration and voting opportunities that the voters themselves gave themselves uh, in 2018. But also this pandemic is just putting uh, historic pressure, as some of your prior um, folks on this call said. You know, it's it's extraordinarily difficult to run a presidential election with no pandemic and without rule changes. It's just the most challenging operation for any election official. Yeah. So, so as I said earlier in the program, there was 
news that broke just as we started our show today that says that Michigan Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson is going to partner with Detroit City Clerk Janice Winfrey to oversee the November elections. There are not a lot of details yet about exactly what that partnership will look like, but it does seem that uh, the idea that we need help, I think, is is getting out there. And now people are, are starting to respond. I mean, the, the expectation, I think, that Detroit will be able to handle this on its own, given the problems that we've had in the past and given the complications of 2020. I mean, it, it, it's probably too much to ask that, that things would go perfectly uh, if we didn't have help. I think I think the, the truth of the matter is voters uh, or sorry, election officials all across the state need help. Um, they are getting help from the secretary of state in the case of funding, um, in the case of, as your prior uh, commentator talked about, you know, county counties providing additional resources and the public and advocates like myself. So one of the things you saw in some of the issues that arose in Detroit and one of the things that we frankly already knew was a challenge that you've heard about today is poll workers. Right. So um, you need enough people to run a presidential election and to run a presidential election that has uh, historic levels of absentee voting and also needs to in- maintain robust in-person voting. I was really happy to hear that you went and voted in person mm-hmm. um, in the August election, and that system also needs to be maintained. Mm-hmm. And you've got these additional satellite offices, which will require temporary staff as well. So I think uh, you're absolutely right in some of what the press release um, talks about today is that additional support that Detroit is getting. But I think the, the Secretary of State's team would tell you clerks across the state are seeking and receiving extra assistance this year, given all that they're dealing with. Yeah, yeah. Again, the number on the phones here is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to Facebook and Twitter and put comments there. We've got a couple of Twitter comments I want to read. Ed on Twitter says, my primary ballot came after the election. It was nine days in the mail. So I volunteered in Utica, and we are adding an outdoor drop box plus the clerk's, the clerk's uh, Dropbox. Uh, uh, Sharon, when I hear stories like this, it, it drives me up a wall. I mean, uh, again, these are, these are supposed to be advances in elections uh, process. These are supposed to be things that make it better. And the, the slowness of the mail right now because of the pandemic and other things that have been done by the Trump administration to, to, to make it harder for the post office to do its job, boy, it just makes me fear for, uh, well, for, for democracy when, when we get to, to November. H- how should someone like Ed counter what happened to him in the primary to make sure that his vote counts? Yeah, so that also frustrates me. Uh, as I said, every single voter, you know, I'm interested in making sure that we can solve their problems. I think one of the most critical things is to think about how we can come up with proactive solutions and messages that help voters get ahead of some of these challenges. So, for example, as um, someone meant, as one of your callers previously mentioned, voters should plan if they are going to return their mail or their ballot by mail, they should put it in the mail two weeks before. But again, as we've been talking about, even better than that would be to put it in that Dropbox that the, the commentator spoke about. Mm-hmm. So um, I think I, 
in this year, we could spend a lot of time talking about why uh, is this uh, politician or this elected official or this, um, you know, federal agency having this challenge. Um, I'm really focused on getting voters the information they need. And one of the things that we've done, we actually did it well before we, we had the pandemic, is we created a website called michiganvoting.org. Mm-hmm. That's Michigan spelled out voting.org. And it has information on you know, when should you put your ballot in the mail if you're going to do it that way? When should you apply for your absentee ballot? The answer to that question is today. (laughs) As you know, the sooner that folks enter the process and handle whatever voter registration or voting issue that they have, the sooner voters take action, Mm -hmm. the better election day will be, right? We will, as if we think about this as sort of moving people through, um, you know, a store or, you know, moving things through an assembly line, if we can spread out folks and have more voters, more of the 5 million plus voters who are going to make their voice heard in November, start that process today. Um, the, the less challenges we're going to see on, on, uh, November 3rd, because there'll just be fewer people kind of, uh, coming through the process. Yeah. So if I can just add one more thing, I think, you know, a lot of folks know that you can now register to vote up into election day at 8 PM, but again, do it sooner, do it online, you know, go into your clerk's office, do it in a variety of ways that are available to you and do it as soon as you can. And a lot of folks know that you can vote from home, that you can get a ballot mailed to you. And of course, as you said, we all know we can go into our polling location. Hmm. The part that people don't know nearly as much about and is going to be really important is that you can go into your clerk's office starting 40 days before the election and register and vote all in one visit in and out in 15, you know, 15 minutes, five minutes, depending on, you know, if there's a couple of folks ahead of you in line. Yeah. So that is another way that we can spread folks out um, over 40 days. That day begins September uh, 24th is when folks can start to go into their clerk's office and get it all handled. Yeah. Um, uh, Mark, or I'm sorry, Brian in East Point called and he couldn't stay on the line, but he raises a really interesting issue. He says he's got a disability and saw that his mail-in ballot required postage and he cannot get out to get postage he says the issue of ableism and voting is important and not really talked about there are a lot of barriers that still exist for people who who can't do all of the things that we require of people to register and to and to vote sharon I think that's a great point. One of the other things that I can uh, can and should mention in terms of letting folks know that there's someone who can answer the questions or help them if they have any problems like that is there is a national election protection hotline that in Michigan is actually staffed by Michigan-trained lawyers. Um, and so they can answer technical questions if folks have technical questions, but they can also collaborate with other local community groups or the like to, to help voters if, if perhaps, you know, providing postage to this voter would be the best thing. So one of the, and I'm going to give you a, another piece of information on the option, but let me just say that hotline number for folks, if they have any questions or concerns, is 866-OUR-VOTE, O-U-R-VOTE. It's available 365 days a year, and people should definitely call that. But the other thing um, is that you can... Um, and this is not 
a perfect answer to the to the to what the caller shared because it's a different solution and I think voters with disabilities do do deserve to have the, the exact same voting experience, just like you said, so that um, we are not making it any different or harder for them. But one other option for voters to know that is not limited to voters with disabilities is that if you cannot return your ballot by mail, you can call your clerk and ask them or an assistant in their office, uh, a certified assistant, to come and pick up the ballot. Hmm. So that would be another option for someone who doesn't have postage and can't use the mail system for return. Yeah. I mean, uh, I I would also toss out there that maybe we ought to make mail-in ballots uh, pre-postage paid. I mean, I I, I guess I'm a little surprised that that's not the case because I've never voted by mail. But the the idea that you have to have a stamp to put on it is is yet another barrier that maybe we could think about eliminating at some point. Um, We uh, so in Detroit um, and in Grand Rapids, our our two largest cities, they provide prepaid postage. uh Um, The secretary of state has offered reimbursement for any uh, jurisdiction for all the clerks that might be listening to you. I strongly encourage you to take her up on that offer. Mm -hmm. And we have been working with our ACLU members to do that same thing, encourage local clerks to take uh, the Secretary of State and her team up on that offer and provide prepaid postage. It's also something we attempted to uh, secure through litigation um, earlier this year. So I think you're right. Um, we might not have they're a, working uh, fully, on it. Yeah. yeah, we might not have a fully statewide, but I have several irons in the fire. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we're going to take another quick break, and when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Sharon Delente of the ACLU about voting this November and the many different hurdles and challenges we might face when we get to the polls. We want to continue to hear from you as well. Billy in Detroit, Linda in Detroit, Elena in Southwest. We will get to you. We also have some more Twitter comments to read. If you want to join us, again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. News, music, culture, and community. Every day on 1019 WDET. Detroit's NPR station. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WBET. I'm Stephen Henderson. As always, thanks for joining. My guest is Sharon Delente. She is a Michigan voting rights strategist for the ACLU of Michigan. And we're talking about November's elections and all of the things that we need to be doing to prepare to make sure that those elections go smoothly around the state and especially here in the city of Detroit. We want to hear from you as well about your voting experiences so far this year. Uh, Did you vote in March and did you vote in August? And how did you vote uh, during those two elections? Did you absentee vote or uh, mail-in vote in the August primary? Give us a call and let us know how that went and how confident you were that uh, the ballot you cast was going to be counted. Also call and tell us what you plan to do in about nine weeks when we have our presidential election and statewide elections and other other big choices in front of us. Uh, are you going to go to the polls or are you going to mail in a ballot or maybe do absentee voting? 
Uh, as always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. Uh, let's go to Linda in Detroit. Linda, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Sure. Actually, I think we need the National Guard here in Detroit to try <laughs> and make sure that our balance gets through. Mm. Because I don't particularly uh, trust Miss Winfrey. I remember 2016 when uh, Mr. Trump only won by 11,000 votes. Mm-hmm. And, of course, everybody used Detroit as a scapegoat. So uh, they all said we didn't vote. But remember uh, her machine, she claimed uh, a lot of the voting machines were down. And uh, uh, it was something like five times what he won by votes that did not get counted. And so now during the primary, she sent out letters to different people in the city of Detroit relocating their polling site. And... um, I was one of the ones that got the letter. Yeah. And some of the people uh, said they got letters in the same block, been living there 20, 30 years, and, and they was uh, 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 three people, this guy said, was poll site to different locations mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the same, you know, in the same block. Yeah. And people said they went out to poll sites that was not open. And uh, uh, another person said they lived over in uh, Redford, and their polling site was close to Hamtramck, that the, and these letters came out like we were supposed to vote on the 4th, yeah. these, and I got mine on the 3rd. Yeah. But just so happy by the grace of God, I had already voted early, mm. so I was able to, you know, to get my ballot in. Yeah, well, Linda, so, I mean, that's that's really good that you were able to to get around that that issue, but I know a lot of people who just didn't know, and, and in fact, the polling place where, where I vote didn't change for me, but I showed up and there were, I think, five different precincts in that polling place now. Normally there are just two. And there were a lot of people there who were kind of confused about where they were supposed to go or whether they were in the wrong place. So, I mean, this this idea that um, that of changing those those places, obviously they did it because of the pandemic. They wanted to have fewer Places they probably had fewer people to staff uh, in in some cases, but uh, but the notification was was off. Sharon Delente, this is a, kind of a prototypical story about the the gaffes, I guess, that we see in in the city of Detroit. Not placing blame or intention with anybody, but the things that just go wrong uh, for us when we when we're trying to vote. Yeah, the polling location changes were definitely, I, I think, one of the biggest issues from August. I um, My polling location changed uh, here in southwest Detroit. Um, and I think uh, that is an issue where I think there's some common sense solutions, right? Um, as one of your prior callers mentioned, uh, there, there may there may be some buildings that need to change this year. Perhaps if a polling location is in a senior building, right? Given the pandemic, that wouldn't be an appropriate place, perhaps this year to have um, to have a polling location. But the earlier that that can all be validated and confirmed, and the earlier that voters can be notified, so that it doesn't leave them in a state of confusion or sort of panic, right? With very little time on election day. Yeah. Another really simple solution is when you do have to have a uh, polling location change, putting uh, adequate signage 
clear signage and or a staff person at the closed location to direct people to the to the correct uh, new location. In the case of, of my location in southwest Detroit, it was Western High School, and um, not all of the precincts went to a single new location. They had to be divided up based on space. So being able to provide really clear guidance um, as soon as possible and before election day is really critical. I also just wanted to talk, uh, the the caller also mentioned something about um, the mail ballots and concerns. You know, one of the other things to remember for everyone is that you can track every aspect of the mail ballot process. Mm -hmm. Um, You can track uh, in the Secretary of State's uh, Michigan Voter Information Center when the the application is received by the clerk, when the clerk mails the ballot to you, and when your ballot is received back. And so I know folks have questions and concerns. It's a different way of voting. But I feel confident that clerks are doing everything they can um, to track, monitor, and ensure, you know, that the things within their control, which, again, are not necessarily the U.S. Postal Service, um, are are not being uh, impediments or barriers to anybody having their voice heard. Uh, Let's go to Elena in Southwest Detroit. Elena, welcome to the show. Hi, good morning. Thank you. Uh-huh. Um, I first announced that there will be a protest against Winfrey on Thursday at 5 p.m. Mm. And the Facebook page is Winfrey Must Go. I have to disagree with the uh, with Sharon that the clerk is doing everything that she can because we know better. And we have made many, many complaints about the clerk's office. And it's a combination of arrogance and incompetence that keeps us from being able to have our votes counted. I voted two days before. No, let me see. The day before the primary, mm-hmm. I waited in in line at the clerk's office for two hours. There were people there who were outside. It was hot. It was you know we were trying to socially distance. People, it was utter chaos. The clerk is absolutely a person who must go. There, there would be much better resources in the clerk's office if we had. A competent clerk. There is a better structure for doing the way the voting in Detroit. And one thing that really is a problem is that the clerk appoints her staff. Mm-hmm. There's uh, absolutely no faith in this process. So, Elena, when I, people I, people are told that they cannot that they're supposed to vote at a certain location and they can't get there. Yeah. They get there and there's no other instructions. This isn't the first time this has happened. This has been happening since the schools started closing. So, oh, so Elena, I, I, I want to ask you. I mean, I, I I can't disagree with anything that that you're saying, but I, I guess I'm not sure that I, that it follows that if you had a different clerk, that there would be more resources. I'm not, and I'm not trying to make excuses for for the performance of of the current clerk but but why would there be more resources if you had somebody else we because we know that the clerk will not seek any resources because she doesn't want any light on that office okay I, we could have Elena, volunteers we could we could do this yeah i, I mean i appreciate the call and i pr- appreciate the perspective and I, and I know that that frustration with Winfrey is is not uh, is not in short supply here uh, in in the city. And again, we have reached out to Janice Winfrey, the clerk here in the city, to try to get her to come have a conversation about the things that go wrong in her office uh, with us. We have not been able to uh, to secure her for that interview quite yet. But I do want to welcome someone else to the conversation who has a lot to say about. Uh, what is going to happen here in November. Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson uh, announced this morning that she will be partnering with 
Janice Winfrey, the city of Detroit's clerk, to oversee elections in the city. She joins us now to talk about those November elections. Uh, Jocelyn, welcome back to the show. Hi, good morning. Yeah. So let's talk about the news. Uh, what does this mean that the, the city and the state will jointly oversee the November election? Well, it's really just I wanted to underscore a partnership. And, and as has been discussed already, the issue of resources, but whether it's talented people to work the polls and to staff the absentee counting board or uh, space and time to train individuals to prepare them to do the job that is needed from them, you know, all of that has been a, a specific challenge, not just in the city clerk's office, but in various parts of the city. And so what Clerk Winfrey really has done is welcomed us in and welcomed in the city and welcomed in the county and welcomed in our sports teams to say, let's all fix this together. And so what we've done is really in partnership with all of these individuals, catalog the challenges uh, and be very transparent and, uh, you know, just kind of collect the data of uh, what has been ongoing challenges and when it were specific to August, and then try to solve for them. Uh, and I think two of the biggest things we found was, you know, we need a talented workforce of poll workers in election, on election day yes. and also in the absentee counting board. We have to train them well, which has been a challenge during the pandemic. So Little Caesars Arena opening up their doors to provide a space to have physical distance uh, training in person is important. So we're trying to solve for all of that and really put the city in the best position to succeed in November uh, for its voters. But I need to emphasize that this wouldn't be happening without the clerk, you know, opening up her doors, willingness to welcome us all as partners and to share da- data, be transparent, as we simply lend a hand to try to all these problems together. Hmm. Uh, we just heard from a caller in Southwest Detroit who was talking about the lack of resources in the office and the the idea that if we had a different clerk, we might have more resources. You and I have talked before in the past about how difficult it is to get the the, the resources we need for mm-hmm. for clerks' offices, and and that shows up. I feel like a little more uh, uh, pointedly here. Uh, in the city of Detroit, but but explain why we have the resource problem we have with the clerk's office. Well, I'll, I'll say that and also say really what we're trying to do to, to address that, uh, which is, you know, again, we have a, a, a perennial shortage of poll workers, not just in Detroit, but in Michigan, and not just in Michigan, but across the country. Mm-hmm. So let's correct for that. Let's recruit. We, and we've identified 6,000 poll worker slots that we need to fill for November. So let's dig down and work with our employers, work with our, you know, we've got employees in the city that that have uh, that the mayor has offered to staff, um, and then we've got to train them uh, to ensure that they are prepared to do the jobs they do and they know what their expectations are, and then we need to make sure they meet those expectations. So it's sort of basic stuff that I don't think any person could do all all on their own. I mean, the city of Detroit is our biggest uh, jurisdiction in the city, in the, in the state, 503 precincts that far more than our second largest jurisdiction, which is Flint and Grand mm-hmm. Rapids. So, you know, the, the idea that, that that have to go it alone and be expected to succeed on their own is just something that, especially now with the pandemic and all the challenges that brings, it's, I don't think anyone is, is a challenge that anyone can meet on their own. And that's been my approach as we've said, okay, you know, there have been lines at the clerk's office, as was mentioned, you know, prior to Election Day in August. So let's open more satellite offices. We're opening 14 additional satellite clerk's offices beginning October 4th for the mm. city. 
at, at, at which point voters could go to any one of those. And that'll be a total of, I believe, 23 total throughout the city, in addition to the clerk's office, where citizens can go and get a ballot and vote it and return it right there or register to vote right there. Uh, those will be at rec centers and, and the like throughout the city. We're installing more than 30 drop boxes for people to drop off their ballots. So those types of things are things that have uh, what that have not been available in the past that, um, you know, that, that the city clerk's office doesn't necessarily individually have the resources to provide. Uh, but in working with the mayor, the county executive, the county clerk, our office, our sports teams, uh, and, and many others that have really stepped up over the past uh, month, uh, we can provide these additional avenues for voting and solve for a lot of the problems that people have been experiencing. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I, Sharon Delente, who is still with us, uh, the ACLU of Michigan, uh, was making the point earlier, and I think this is a, a really important one, and I want you to, to address it, that you, you've got to be pretty vigilant right now about doing things early. Mm-hmm. We, we passed laws that, that allow us to do things at the last minute in 2018. I mean, you can register on the day of the election if you want. Uh, but but because of the disruptions that we've experienced this year, it really is important that people get everything in order as soon as they can. And if you're mailing in your ballot, you can't wait till uh, right before the election. That's just that's that's really taking a chance that uh, that's going to come back to bite you. I think my my view is, you know, and perhaps this is one of the silver linings of 2020, is that this year voters have more options than ever before. And they're, they're, they can choose which option works for them. And, and it is important that they be well informed on all the options. They can right now request to have a ballot mailed to them and they can track it uh, on our website. They can right now, uh, you know, submit a, an application to their clerk's office to, to get that ballot beginning September 24th, they'll be able to go to a clerk's office and get their ballot and then return it right there. Uh, they'll be able to, right around that time, also return ballots, not just through the mail, but at drop boxes that we're placing around the state. And then you always have that in-person option in your home precinct on Election Day as well. So really, our challenge this year is making sure voters know about all these new options uh, and can choose the one that's most convenient for them, and then ensuring they have equal faith in the security of every option, regardless of which they choose. Hmm. Okay, Jocelyn Benson, Michigan Secretary of State, is always great to hear from you here on Detroit Today. Thank you very much for joining us, and thank you for joining us at the last minute. Uh, <laughs> My pleasure. <laughs> always, always happy to, to call in on a dime. Thank yes. you, Stephen. Take care. Okay, and also Sharon Delente, Michigan voting rights strategist for the ACLU of Michigan. It was really great to have you here, as always, as well. Thank you, Stephen. Yeah. Okay, that is going to do it for us today. I will be back tomorrow, and I hope you will too. We're going to have a really interesting conversation with a journalism professor who says that when we share viral videos of brutality against African Americans, we're missing out on important opportunities to celebrate the humanity of people of color who've fallen victim to violence at the hands of law enforcement. A really complex but compelling concept. So you're going to want to be here tomorrow for that conversation. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station. Your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk more tomorrow.